everything I've done since then mostly has been that just following an idea, following an inclination, following my intuition to either reach out to someone, to try to launch something, to um, connect with someone. That's it. It's, and anything I've done by trying to concoct something in my thinking, it like that stuff never works. So I know that if I just let something come to me, it will. episode 16 of the Coaching Life podcast. You know, the coaching profession can sometimes feel like a pretty lonely one. Whilst we might attend, you know, various events around the world and hang out with other amazing coaches in those times, for most of us, okay, for me at least, outside of those events, uh, we go back to our normal lives, in quotes perhaps, as solopreneurs, I think most of us work primarily alone, often from home, and whilst the crux of our work might be intimate one-to-one conversations with our clients, very often we're not really hanging out with other people who really get what this profession is like. Now, I'm very fortunate to have met many beautiful people during my travels around the globe, going to various coaching events, and some of these people have become very genuine friends. And today's guest is one of those people. She's someone I met at an event in the US. And, um, well, rather amusingly to me, it seems, anyway, that we've both moved on somewhat from that particular community. Although I'm sure both of us are very grateful for what we learned there. Um, She is someone I value as a personal friend in, in this community, and we all need a few of those. And against a backdrop of an already successful coaching business... She's continued to explore, train, grow and develop her practice whilst at the same time navigating some, well, quite significant changes and challenges in her own life. So I won't attempt to give you my perception of our coaching journey. Let's hear it straight from her. So a big welcome to you, Kimberly Kaiser. Hello. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's lovely to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you. So I wonder if you can um, just give us a little overview, perhaps, of what got you into coaching and perhaps up to that event that we where we met. I think it was Marina Del Rey in late 2013. Very, very sunny as well. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was beautiful. Well, yeah, so I, I uh, spent about 25 years in the corporate arena here in the U.S. And to give you sort of the shortened version, um, I went through a transformational leadership class uh, program in t- 2006, and I was really touched by what happened for the 16 people in the room, including myself. You know, we walked in one version of ourselves and we walked out expanded, full of possibility and just... Uh, in a beautiful, beautiful place. And many of us went on to do amazing things after that, huge growth in, in businesses and and personally. 
But I was really touched by that week. Like I knew sitting in the room that week that I had to do that kind of work someday. Like it just, that seed was planted. Like I have to do that. How do I do that? I don't know. That's not my background. But um, that was in 2006. And in, in about 2010, it just started to become a reality. I realized I really, I had worked with a coach for a number of years at that point and realized like, that's what I really want to do. I want to get in in people's lives in that way and, um, and cause transformation, like be that spark, be that catalyst. So it just, that's how I got into coaching. I, I ended up, uh, in my last, um, role in corporate, I was VP of sales and I was going for this really major project in 2010 and 2011 and spent, you know, my heart and soul for the better part of a year, working on a, a project that we didn't end up winning. And it ended up being what I call the $15 million hammer over the head. <laughs> it just, <laughs> because it really, um, it woke me up that, that, that it was time to go spread my wings and do something different. So I, I started establishing a practice in 2011 while I was still doing my job and, and then um, quit my corporate job at the end of 2011 and, and uh, started coaching full-time in 2012 which led me to the intensive that you're talking about. Um, I explored a lot of different ways to coach and a lot of different platforms, a lot of different communities. Um, and I, I was fortunate to really start like now in retrospect, I see I started with a really full practice <laughs> at the time. <laughs> it did not feel like that. It felt like I was failing, but when I actually sort of came into a couple different coaching communities, I was like, wow, I'm actually doing pretty well. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> You know, I, I gained some perspective, which, which, uh, yeah, led me up to that intensive where, where we met and, and I just, you know, I just think as coaches, we, I mean, I'll continue to explore communities and explore, um, all kinds of different things as a coach, because that's really what we're doing with our clients all the time. So we sort of, uh, like we just get to stay interested in that, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's one thing I'm intrigued about you. Really, is 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 your willingness to explore? Because when I look and I consider the kind of communities that I see you hanging around in, um, and contributing in, and and some of the some of the the training and that have you that you you spoke to me about that you've been through, it's very different to perhaps some of the other stuff. Yeah, it's well I think it takes exploring that, doesn't it? It it takes kind of seeing um I mean there's so many different ways that that coaching communities can look and so many different things people can explore from on one end of the spectrum really um scripted pushing <laughs> controlled type of systems right? Like on one way end, you know, we have all get those in our Facebook feed probably to the other end of like, nothing's like everything's up for grab. No, nothing is scripted. Everything's fresh coming from wisdom in the moment. And like, it's, and then there's everything in between that too. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and um, I, I guess I'm intrigued. I, I, I kind of know the answer to this, where on that spectrum do you do you do you inhabit one place sort of semi permanently? Do you find yourself moving moving? Oh, around? 
Yeah, it depends on the day. <laughs> no, that's that's not true. I, I'm more on the I'm more on the fresh wisdom end of the spectrum these days. Um, I wouldn't say a hundred percent, honestly. Like I would love to be a hundred percent, really trusting, trusting the divine intelligence. Uh, but but I really and I, I really inhabit that end of the spectrum now. Like I really see the value in. Um, giving up on systems and processes because that we're all so connected to the life source that can bring us anything at any time. Yeah. yeah. And I had that last week. I, I had a reminder of that actually, because I, uh, I've had this sense that my own coaching practice is changing in some way, but I don't, I don't understand where it's going, but it is changing. You know, like some of my, um, like my corporate work seems to be lessening all of a sudden. And, you know, that had me kind of in not a great reaction, to be honest. Um, but then with the help of a mentor, like he just said, you know, I think it's just time to give up thinking about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> like I was realizing I was doing reflecting about my business, you know, like it, I wasn't really reflecting. I was doing it so I could get an answer. And, and he just said, like, give up on it for a while. And it was so crazy what happened afterwards. Like, like, within 24 hours, everything looked completely different. When I just said, you know what, I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm going to just see if something comes to me or whatever. And I had a couple people contact me out of the blue, like, perfect clients for this direction I'm going, I think. Beautiful. Like, yeah. So I, I like that end of the spectrum. It's a lot less work. <laughs> I think certainly my biggest insight, perhaps, over the last couple of years has been stop trying to be somebody stop even trying to be a coach really just you know get on calls and immerse i guess yes. yeah immersing ourselves in the experience of being with that person just yeah. allowing, just allowing that to happen right i had a like I have, I have something similar that's been bubbling for me as well that that i realized i was i don't know this just came to me within the last month I realized like I was in these different roles in my life, you know, like I was, when I was with my son, I was a mom. And when I was with my parents, I'm a daughter with, a, with my coaching clients, I'm a coach. And, and when I'm with, uh, you know, just all these different roles. And, and when I go to school to volunteer, I was a volunteer and I just woke up to it. And it's like, no, no, like I got to be the fullest expression of my deepest self wherever I go. And it's really changed me. Like it's had me show up very differently, you know, have some really connected conversations at school during the volunteer uniform resale, you know, which is really cool. <laughs> I, I'm curious from that. What, what do you, what do you think people might be seeing now about you that they otherwise might not have? Hmm. I like That's to ask these great. really easy questions. That is that is a hard one. Well, I you know, I think people Well, I've ch I've changed a lot, I think in the last couple of years. I mean, certainly over my journey as a coach, and I think this might be a good time to get into this, but you you hinted during the introduction that I've had a lot of change and I have. So 2016 for me was a year that um I chose to divorce my husband of 15 years and uh, we sold our house. We moved, my son and I moved in town. Um, 
in the midst of all of that, I found out I had breast cancer, um, like literally a few days before we moved and split. And then I had to go back to my husband and say, can I please stay on your insurance a few more months? Can we stay married a couple more months so I can have insurance? Like it was insane. Two surgeries for that. And then at the end of the year, my son had a major hip surgery. So he's still in recovery on that. Um, and there were probably a few more things thrown in there too. I can't remember what they were. Oh, I turned 52. Isn't, um, isn't that enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Midlife, hit, hit midlife right there too. Um, and so what I knew, what had me ask for a divorce from my husband was this deep inner sense that to fully be who I'm meant to be in this life, I had to do that. You know, like on paper, it didn't make sense because it really looked like we had a really nice life and we did have a nice life. You know, we had, um, a beautiful home on a beautiful setting and, you know, a son and I had my business and blah, blah, blah. But there was something deeper inside me that couldn't live with some of the compromises I'd made. Right. So I found that I was very dishonest about myself, about our relationship, for instance, you know, like that I couldn't like that. I played a role to be a wife that in a marriage that that was really in shambles but like I had this whole facade that it was okay like but there was just no connection there was a lot there was a lot of love missing and and there was just it was this opportunity to be the divorce and that process was the opportunity to be just super honest with myself so what people would see now in me is that I'm really honest with myself hmm. that I have not been for probably the 50 years prior, you know, like I just had, like, I just, in my personality, I felt like I was the person that always needed to make things harmonious and make things okay. And, and polish up the image, not deceitfully. Like I just really felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. Like, I'm really willing to break a lot of rules these days and uh, kind of live on the edge and go for what I want to go for, you know, for my wisdom. And um, people respond to that in a lot of different ways. But by and large, I think it's pretty refreshing. I mean, people feel like, like people will tell me anything. And they, but it's because they know, like, I'm not going to judge anything anyone does. Like, I blew my life up midlife. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got no judgment on anything that anyone would do. Yeah, beautiful. And so, yeah, that's that's what I would I would say. Long-winded answer to that question. It sounds like it was. It's the whole thing actually has been liberating for you. Yeah, it's it's been an exploration in like how much freedom can I stand, you know, like, um, because it really, it went, it went from like my experience from being married and this is not anything against, against my ex. It just that I felt really caged, you know, like that was my experience. It just, I felt like within that construct, I couldn't express many parts of, of who I am. 
Okay. And that was me, not, not him. You know, like I I don't, I want to make, be clear about that. That, that was my choice. And now like there's like, I'm free. I don't have someone who's kind of editing me or saying, Hey, you don't want to say that. Or aren't you worried about it? Like, it's just me. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm in this big exploration of how, how much freedom can I have in my life? How much, um, how much independence, how much, you know, like my spirit is just, has been really nurtured by all of this. And you touched on something I think is hyper, hyper important, actually, because I see, and in a way, that's what had me start doing this podcast was, um, you know, it's it's people who know me know that there was a time I got extremely pissed off because I started looking at the amount of embellishment and photoshopping yeah. in the profession. And during that period of time, it did my it didn't do me any good actually looking in that direction. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to do my bit. I love you know, I can I wake up every morning and I see Gandhi's quote actually because um, I live opposite a college and there's Gandhi's quote there: "Be the change you wish to see in the world," which I think is. God. Wow! If everybody yeah. simply li- lives into that, yeah. what, a, what a wonderful place this would be. So, <clears throat> to me, honesty. Um, I think the coaching profession, for me, okay, for me, I can only speak of how it looks for me, has its fundamentals in honesty, in truth. If somebody asks me, well, what what do I do with clients? It's really around helping them discover what's true for them. That might not be what's true for me, but just really helping them really get in touch and discover what's true for them. So, and I can imagine the stuff that you, you know, I know the communities you're involved in. So you you get very much that you're creating your entire experience, your experience of your relationship with your ex-husband. You're creating all of that. So how do you, um, yeah, square that off really? Well, that's been really interesting. Like that specific thing is very interesting because... Prior to being divorced, like, we did not have a relationship. It was really disconnected. Like, um, we didn't have real conversations. We lived as roommates. Um, We would kind of come together for parenting. We disagreed about pretty much 100%, 99% of everything. I don't know. It was a lot. Um, and, And then on top of that, my ex was really ticked off when I when I said, I can't keep doing this, like he was okay to kind of keep going for quite a long time. And I was not, I was like, can't do it again because of the honesty, because of the coaching, I couldn't keep doing it. Like I couldn't keep um, asking people to look at their most honest truth if I couldn't. Right. So now here's the funny thing though. So we're not living in the pressure cooker of the marriage anymore. Um, He actually has gone on and married already. Like, he got married less than six months after we got oh, divorced. Congratulations to him. Which yeah. is fantastic. Like he found someone who like, they really, really love each other. And it's so, it's really sweet. And he and I, without any work at all, have fallen into this really productive relationship, <laughs> co-parenting our son. Like we just don't argue anymore. We don't, we don't eat, like, that's not even a great way to say it. Like, we really are productive. Like, we can actually talk to one another and say, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I have an idea on this. And I, I think that comes from having been honest 
and me feeling really free about how I create this. Like, I think that's like, I guess what I'm seeing as I'm saying it to you is that when I was living in dishonesty with him, of course, anything we were doing was blowing up. Like, it kind of makes sense now that I'm thinking about it that way. But, but now that he's living in a, in, you know, just a really lovely relationship and I'm living in, well, I'm now living in a lovely relationship, but, but was so happy being on my own and independent for a long time. <laughs> That's a whole other direction, which we can go. Um, but just re- me realizing like one of the big realizations I had in there was like, Oh, I don't need a man to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like I'd had that on the shelf for many, many years. And I realized last summer, like, Oh, I'm so happy on my own. And I'm just free and independent. Like, there's so many more productive things that can come of that. And for me and him, it's been, it's been pretty miraculous. Like in, in my mind, like I, I can't really believe how productive we can be. We see the, we see the memes and the cliches and whatever on Facebook, of course, you know, happiness um, is a place to come from, you know, it's uh, we see them around, but it, of course it is so true. It, it, I, I've noticed, I'm noticing this about you and feeling, sensing this, that there's, there's like more of you in your life. Yes, and and uh, and so I'm I'm curious, really, how I know you've already touched on it, but um, do you see how that might have had an impact on, uh, well, both your work with your clients, but also how you're developing your business? Hmm. Well, yeah, there's definitely so much more of me in the work I do with my clients or any prospective clients, and. You know, how I develop my business is a lot how I work with my clients. Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's just uh, my clients are paying me and the prospective clients aren't paying me yet. Or, you know, we haven't made a coaching proposal yet. Um, but, yeah, there's all of me in that. There's, um, like, I don't, to me, in my work now, there's really nothing off limits, you know, like I, I think that that a person could come to me for almost anything and I and it probably would be helpful for them. You know, and and my job is just to sit down with as little on my mind, as much of my presence, as much as of my spirit running through, as much as my connection to wisdom running through and just follow that. Yeah. yeah. And anytime I get thinking that it's anything more than that, I really <laughs> I go off track. But it, it's really, it's that simple. Mm, beautiful. So, as you said, 2016, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. You know, divorce, breast cancer, and, you know, your son having a surgery. And he looks, it's like he's doing amazing, by the way, following following what he's you're doing, sharing. He's doing um, so well. Yeah, congratulations to him. Absolutely amazing. Um. How on earth did you navigate that? You know, what what support mechanisms did you did you did you have in place what do you think you were drawing on also within you that that brought you through i think the biggest thing was the deep knowing that i was doing what i had to do like that trumped any any sort of support that i might have had or any sort of mind strategy like i just knew that to be fully me that relationship had to tr- change to some a different form, right? So I had that. I was standing on that so solid. 
um, the year was, it's, it was one of my best years ever. Like I, I had moments where I would feel stressed or feel anxious, but I can honestly say like, I didn't have too many bad days. Like I had this overwhelming peace that just comes from not overthinking a situation, you know, cause again, cause I was standing on that solid foundation of knowing I was moving in the right direction. I didn't argue with myself about whether what I was doing was right or wrong. Like I just, I knew in my heart that I was going the direction that I was meant to go. Um, with the cancer, you know, it's so funny. Like I, I never really worried about it. Um, like I knew that, like I was really shocked by the diagnosis um, and the timing of it. <laughs> it was just crazy. But, um, but I knew that I was in good hands. Again, it was the deep knowing. Like I knew my surgeon was like the best surgeon in one of the best medical cities in, in the world to deal with this. Before my first surgery, he came in and he sat on the bed beside me and told me that he loved me. Like I knew, you know, like it was, so I knew, like I kept having all these signs from God that I was in the right place. So I never worried about it. I just did the next thing that I needed to do. I did the next thing with the divorce that I needed to do. The same with my son's surgery, just did the next thing, you know, like it just, and I tried not to get too far ahead of myself. You know, like the what ifs, forget it. Like I knew that if I went to the what if, what if, what, that I would be a basket case. So I didn't do that. <laughs> so know? much wisdom in that. Just, yeah. just the next thing. Just the next thing. Just the next thing. Just the next thing. Beautiful. And that's how I typically try to lead my life anyway. But it, last year was just, it, it really, um, it really cemented that for me. Mm. For most areas. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's anybody in particular who has influenced your coaching. Gosh, so many, actually. Um, so many, but I, I think the person right now that really uh, kind of embodies to me this wisdom in the moment is Michael Neal. Like he really, um, you know, I, I, he's my coach right now. And, and I was, I did an intensive with him last year in October and like, he was really like, he embodied that. Like he just showed up as him with, you know, divine presence running through him and we went some really beautiful places and I really saw the simplicity in that. Like that really did something for me as a coach. Um, so he's probably, he would be my biggest influence right now. So the question that occurs to me, uh, how does somebody, you know, in just a few years go from, you know, a corporate job perhaps of having zero coaching clients to a few years later, um, you know, having clients that then enable you to have somebody like Mark O'Neill as your coach. Well, 
Come That's on, there must be question. a secret. There must, there must <laughs> be a secret silver bullet. Come on. I have a five-step strategy on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It was this simple. And, like, people probably will hate this answer, but, um, like, I got my first two clients in this way, and I swear it happened this way. It sounds, like, completely not true, but it's true, I promise, um, that I told my own coach at the end of 2010, I finally uttered the words, I'd really, I want to do what you do. I'd love to be a coach. And here's what she said. What? I couldn't hear what you just said. Like she couldn't, like I said it so softly and so like she couldn't even hear me. And so I said it again, and this was in December, 2010. And within two weeks, and I, I didn't tell anybody else. I didn't tell anyone else did not utter those words. And she lives half a continent away from me, not in my town. Within two weeks, two people called me out of the blue and said, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I get so much from our, from our conversations. Will you coach me? Okay. That was, those were my first two clients. And I thought, well, that's really weird. You know, like that's kind of strange. And so I just showed up and coached them. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, well, I kind of knew what I was doing, but I, I wasn't great at it, but it, it is how it got started. And then the next thing that occurred was I, I was saying earlier, I lost that big project in my corporate job. And I knew like I, in the moment I knew like, okay, this is the entree. Okay. Use this, this is in April of that year. Use this to phase out of this job the rest of the year. Okay. So I, I started getting that mindset. And then the next idea that came to me again, out of the blue was, Oh, I could start a coaching program within my company wonder if my boss would let me do that. My boss was the owner of the company. He let me pretty much do anything I ever wanted to do. I was a great leader in the company. And so I said, here's what I want to do. I'll, I'll, I won't let the sales go out the window. Like I'll still do all that. And so he said, sure. And I ended up having like 22 people sign up for my coaching program. So I was a busy bee, you know, I was doing my whole corporate job and then coaching these people. And then everything I've done since then mostly has been that just following an idea, following an inclination, following my intuition to either reach out to someone, to try to launch something, to um, connect with someone. That's it. It's, and anything I've done by trying to concoct something in my thinking, it like that stuff never works. So I know that if I just let something come to me, it will. I mean, I, I, you know, I know that like people probably maybe that's not a terribly satisfying answer. Well, I, you see, I, practice. I guess because a lot of people, a lot of people, I think, give a similar kind of answer. And, you know, I, I know what it's like that we, we look for, you know, we want we, we actually do want the how to's. We want the strategies and we want the, the what's the big secret and whatever. And, and really, the big secret is there isn't a big secret other than to go be willing to see if you can help people to explore the possibility that you can help people um and i know because certainly over the last what six nine months all of my clientele have come via referral and again that's something that new coaches really don't want to hear because there's a lot of groundwork that that is done to for, for that really to come into play but the same principle applies be willing to explore the possibility that you can 
help people and and i love this do the next thing just do the next thing reach out so i guess <clears throat> what i'm hearing from you is you haven't let thinking get in your way as much as possible correct you know i, I have <laughs> days believe me like i had a day last week when when i when when i was losing some of my corporate work that i i got really in my head about it and i was trying to think my way into a solution but like on some level I knew I wasn't going the right direction, you know, and, and that's when I reached out to a mentor and, uh, it's like, what am I doing? Oh yeah. I need to give up, go back to that thing that I trust so much. The thing that's created my entire business. Yeah. I can count on that, Yeah. you know, and all I really need to do is show up. What, what kind of client are you then, Kimberly? What kind of client am I? Oh, you know, I, I think I'm such a receptive client, you know, like that's, that's the thing that when I reach out for help or support from any number of people that I have in my community, like much probably like you do, like I am completely open to that support. Like I'm really, I'm coming as a beginner. Like I got nothing here. Do you have something? And that to me, that's such a, big key and so and I think where any client of mine struggles it's where they just oh I got it I know what you're talking you know no, we got to stay receptive it's magic yeah I talk about this thing I guess I call it um undefended openness because we can we can show up in a conversation but we we still have and we might feel that we're being honest and open and yet we still want to defend our, our current way of thinking our current viewpoints so I, I try and encourage my clients to show up like i said we have this conversation around what does that actually mean showing up with undefended openness and that really is being open to um yeah, to thinking differently. One of, you know, I, I, I think I posted one of my memes said something like, um, I'm open to any belief I hold today becoming myth tomorrow. Oh, I love that. And <laughs> very amusingly, uh, Steve Hardison commented and said, what takes you so long? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you know, beautiful. I can imagine that. I know, I know that about you. If you, if you're willing to reach out for for help, and indeed, you know, clients are very often paying reasonable amounts of money for help. Then you need to also. It makes sense then to be open to receive that. Yeah, yeah. It's it makes to me it makes so much sense that if we reach out and we we pay for help, that we would accept it. But it's but it's it's always interesting to me whether people are open or not. And it's something I'm usually calibrating for as I'm speaking to prospective clients. Like, are they really willing to be coached? You know? Um, and, and I, sometimes I, I see that really clearly and sometimes I don't, you know, but it's just something I'm still learning. Mm. So when you look back, um, cause we haven't spoken really much about that, that, transition you've mentioned it but i wonder if you look back if there's anything that you know is that classic question that you you've learned since that would have made it that would have made things easier mm. well yeah the the biggest thing was when i when i started my practice i thought there was a right way to do it <laughs> like the freedom we had completely 
like I missed that part of it. <laughs> like I thought that there was a specific way to do it and a right and a wrong way. And it always felt like I was doing it the wrong way. And what I see now is that the beauty of a coaching practice is that we can create it however we want. Like it can, the, the form of it, like it could be infinite levels of form and we don't have to do one thing and we don't have to figure out a niche. And in fact, like to me, a niche is always something we see more in the rear view mirror than, than something we form going forward, you know? Um, but just that there's not a right or wrong way to do it, that there's an immense amount of creativity we can put into the practice and we have the freedom to try things and scrap them if they don't work. Like it's really like, I love that part of it. I wish I'd known that though, because I've really spent probably at least two years trying to do it the right way. Yeah. Me, I mean, <laughs> of course me too. I think probably most coaches are trying to find the right way rather than simply exploring and having the right way for us appear, which might be, you know, one thing one week and something completely different the next, of course. Yeah. And it's really almost anything in life too, right? That's, that's kind of what I'm learning right now. Like that's, that's what's occurring to me is that, um, that I, I, I'm in, I've fallen in love and I'm in a new relationship and I saw myself do that thing about doing it right at the beginning, like setting it up so I wouldn't be hurt or I wouldn't have my heart broken or so that the person would love me or like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And what I'm seeing now about that, like, it's the same thing. Like I have this infinite creativity I can use for this and it's just the next thing. Just and the next thing. Just the next thing. And it's, it's cool to be exploring it in love because that's just an area where I just haven't done that well in life prior to now. <laughs> but it's, it's fun. It's fun to explore it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, congratulations. I mean, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. If you had all the coaches <laughs> in the world, it would be a big room, of course, because it just seems there's more and more coaches. Um <laughs> Yeah, if you add all those in one one room and you add a couple of minutes with them, what might what might you tell them? What might, what would you like them to walk away with? Well, I think it would be that um, that the biggest gift we can give to our clients is to be who we really are, truly at a deep level. You know, like beyond any advice or any coaching per se, like I think the biggest gift we can give as coaches is to show up authentically who we are because it then releases other people to do the same. Beautiful. Beautiful. Time has absolutely flown by, Kim. So and I thank you. Um, I, I guess... You've used this used this phrase, you know, the next thing. Is there a next thing currently in mind for you? Well, the next thing I'm going to do is I have a client in about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one after that. Um, I know what this week looks like in my practice, and I have no idea beyond that, oh. honestly. Yeah, it really is. I'm, uh, it's just the next thing. 
just the next thing. Thank you so much. How can people um, find you, get in contact with you? Yes, um, email is a great way to find me. And my email address is Kim, K-I-M, at life, L-I-F-E hyphen leap, L-E-A-P dot com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phil. So that was Kimberly Kaiser. What stood out for me most in that conversation was Kim's immense faith that things are always working out, something I very much relate to. I love how she's very clear on simply focusing on the next thing, just that. You know, we only ever experience the feeling of overwhelm when we're focusing on or indeed thinking about more than we need to. And as a fan of simplicity, I love that just the next thing and it's clear that kim's faith her dedication to serving people and only focusing on what's next and in front of her has played a big part in her building a very successful coaching practice and helping her to navigate wow some really big changes and challenges in her personal life. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And if you have, or indeed have enjoyed any of the others, of course, please take uh, a minute to head on over to iTunes and leave a brief, honest review. It, it will help others find this podcast and help other people, other coaches to benefit from it. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'd love to hear from you with any thoughts, feedback or questions uh, about any of these episodes or any other ideas you might have about the Coaching Life podcast. Please do keep listening. I've got some fantastic guests lined up. And as ever, I wish you much love and joy. Enjoy.